I'm Larry Langford with the Rusty Spur Ranch in Grapeland, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. We are once again locked, loaded, and ready to roll with another edition of Texas Ag Today. All you've got to do is jump on in with me and buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, right-to-farm legislation is continuing to make progress at the state capitol. We'll update you on where those bills and a constitutional amendment are at in the process coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. The cotton industry in Texas is still feeling the effects of last year's massive crop failures. And the Texas legislature is being asked for help. I'm James Hunt, and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. The latest small grains, row crops, and livestock range and pasture report from the U.S. Department of Agriculture for the state of Texas. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have that report straight ahead on Texas Ag Today. Non-dairy products should not be labeled milk, and the U.S. Food and Drug Administration should make that clear. I'm Gary Joyner, and I'll have details on Texas Ag Today. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. Two bills and a constitutional amendment strengthening the right to farm continue to make progress in the Texas legislature. The Senate Committee on Water, Agriculture and Rural Affairs heard testimony on all three measures Monday. South Texas farmer and rancher and Texas Farm Bureau President Russell Baining told the committee the bills are needed because urban encroachment is causing a lot of headaches for farmers and ranchers who were on the land first. Some cities are requiring ranchers to obtain a city permit for any type of livestock within their jurisdiction. We're talking about FFA projects, 4-H projects, things of that nature. Saginaw has completely prohibited any agriculture on land in their jurisdiction. That kind of doesn't make a whole lot of sense when we're talking about growing local and those type of things. It just doesn't make sense to us. And this regulation really doesn't make sense. Forney has banned the public mating of livestock. You're supposed to have a structure that uh, where that can take place. Stephen Diebel is a rancher in the Victoria area and serves as the second vice president of the Texas and Southwestern Cattle Raisers Association. One of our members has a small stalker operation in the country and has owned almost 25 years. A wedding and event venue bought the land across the road from the ranch about three years ago. Eventually, the wedding venue began complaining to him that the sound and the smell of the cattle were a problem because they interfered with the ambiance of the venue. 
These complaints have not yet led to a legal challenge, but persist, persist today and illustrate the new challenges agriculture faces in rural parts of the state. Diebel says these bills are vital to Texas ranchers by putting protections in place for the continued success of ag operations across the state. Another state gets relief from the EPA's Waters of the U.S. rule. The U.S. Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals granted an administrative stay last week, blocking the implementation of WOTUS in Kentucky. Previous federal court actions granted injunctions to block the rule in 26 other states, including here in Texas. Texas A&M AgriLife Extension is planning a youth sheep and goat tour for high school age students to engage with leaders in the state's sheep and goat industry. The program is set for June 26th through the 29th. Students will be able to engage with industry leaders, learn the business side of the sheep and goat industry, and tour some of the many facilities in the state, in addition to having the opportunity to gain valuable educational experience. The deadline to apply is May 15th. The cost, $100. If you'd like more information, just search Texas A&M AgriLife Youth Sheep and Goat Tour. The cotton industry in Texas is feeling the effects of last year's massive crop failures. James Hunt tells us the state legislature is being asked to help. It's a well-known fact that drought conditions devastated the cotton crop in the Texas High Plains and the state as a whole last year. For farmers, resources like crop insurance were able to offset a good portion of their losses. But Cody Besant of Plains Cotton Growers says help is still needed for the cotton industry's infrastructure, those folks beyond the farm gate. You have cotton gyms, you have warehouses, you have merchants, you have textile industry, and other related means. They are the ones that solely rely on production and volume in order to maintain operations. And Besson says for those businesses he just listed, when crop failure like we saw for cotton last year occurs, there's no alternative source of revenue. Other commodities, they can kind of click on different crops throughout a growing season, like a grain elevator, by example. They're not solely relying on just one single crop. They have wheat and corn and sorghum and other crops that they can maybe catch throughout a growing season. So it's just a little bit different of a beast compared to cotton itself, where it's just a one-shot deal during a growing season. So with the threat that the Texas cotton industry could lose some of its infrastructure, Plains Cotton Growers and other groups are asking the Texas legislature to approve assistance in the form of a $50 million budget rider. The goal behind this budget rider initiative is to try to develop a one-time grant that infrastructure could essentially tap into to try to help heal up from the previous year going into this new growing season. And then the long-term goal is to try to develop a more long-term, robust risk management set of tools that infrastructure can utilize in the event that we get back into a year like we just experienced. Besant is optimistic that state lawmakers will approve the request before the legislature's session ends on May 29th. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Spring planting is moving forward across Texas. Tom Nicoletti takes a look at the latest Texas crop progress and condition report. The U.S. Department of Agriculture's National Agricultural Statistics Service reports that while not widespread, Some Texas producers received up to five inches of precipitation last week. Areas of the Blacklands, East Texas, South Central Texas, the Upper Coast, and Southern Texas received the highest rainfall averages. 
Drought conditions ranged from none to exceptionally dry, while isolated parts of the High Plains, the Low Plains, and the Edwards Plateau being the driest. To small grains, where in some areas of the High and Low Plains, farmers have continued to cut their wheat for hay and silage. In the Texas Blacklands, winter wheat continues to show improvement. Winter wheat conditions throughout the state are rated poor to very poor. Winter wheat headed has reached 69%. Oats headed reached 80%, while oat condition is uh, rated fair to poor across oat-growing regions. On row crops in the Blacklands and the Coastal Bend, both corn and grain sorghum continue to show progress. Corn emerged reached 65%. Sorghum planted reached 69%. In the Blacklands, cotton planting continues to be slow due to precipitation, while in the Edwards Plateau, planting preparations continue. Cotton planted reached 20%. Rice emerged reached 69%. On the Livestock Range and Pasture Report, supplemental feeding is ongoing throughout the state, Range and pasture conditions are rated very poor to poor. In the areas that received rain, Texas pasture and rangeland benefited and started to show signs of improvement. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Non-dairy products should not be labeled as milk. Gary Joyner says the U.S. Food and Drug Administration should make that clear. It used to be one of the biggest misconceptions about milk was that chocolate milk comes from brown cows. Unfortunately, there is even more confusion about milk labels. One in four Americans, 83 million people, are confused or have been misled about whether dairy alternatives contain milk. That's according to a survey used by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. Non-dairy beverages are sold in the milk case alongside traditional milk, very often with labeling that implies they are dairy products. America's families deserve to know what they're buying when shopping in the dairy aisle. The FDA needs to enforce food labeling standards for dairy substitute products and enforce existing prohibitions on the misleading labeling of nut and other plant-based beverage products as milk. It is time non-dairy products are labeled accurately. Several markets outside of the U.S. already do so, including Canada, which labels almond milk as almond beverage, for instance. Applying the same standards in the United States should not be a heavy or unreasonable burden on companies. Truth in labeling is required for other foods. Consumers deserve the truth about labels for milk. I'm Gary Joyner for Texas Ag Today. It is sea turtle nesting season. I'm Jessica Dolmel, and I'll have more coming up on Texas Ag Today. And determining if sheep or goats are sick requires that you know what normal looks like. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today.
As planting season begins across the country, the American Seed Trade Association reminds farmers to follow the basic steps for seed treatment stewardship. Follow directions on seed container labeling. Eliminate weeds in the field prior to planting. Minimize dust by using advanced seed flow lubricants. Be aware of honeybees and hives located near the field. Ensure that any spilled seeds are removed or covered by soil to protect wildlife and the environment. And remove all treated seed left in equipment. For more information, visit seed-treatment-guide.com or contact your seed dealer. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Determining if sheep or goats are sick requires that you know what normal looks like. Dr. Bob Judd says that's the only way to know when an animal is abnormal when you see it. Dr. Lionel Dawson talked about determining sickness in the sheep and goat publication. To know what is normal, you need to spend some time with your animals observing them, especially if you are new to the business. Observe how they walk, eat, and drink, and the appearance of normal manure on different types of feed. Learn how to use body scoring to document the body condition so you can determine weight loss or weight gain just by looking. Ideally, you would check your animals twice a day and observe for any abnormal signs, including standing alone, decreased appetite, hunched up at the back, loose feces around the tail area, and abnormal breathing pattern, grunting or grinding the teeth. Also, determine if the animal's coat is normal and are there any external parasites present. Watch all of the animal's walk to make sure there's no lameness and no abnormal swelling present. If you think one animal is breathing faster than normal, check the respiratory rate for one minute and compare that to other similar animals in the herd. If you notice any of these symptoms, get the sick animal in a pen and contact your veterinarian. You can take the animal's temperature with a normal human digital rectal thermometer available at any pharmacy, and the temperature should be 101.5 to 103.5 degrees Fahrenheit. Normal respiratory rate should be no more than 30 per minute, and there should be no significant discharge from the nose or significant coughing. The eyes should appear bright and clear without any squinting or discharge. Also, learn how to look at the mucous membranes and perform FAMACHA scoring to check for anemia. I'm Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. It's sea turtle nesting season. Jessica Domo has more in today's wildlife report. The U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service is again asking people to use caution when visiting Texas beaches as it is sea turtle nesting season. Mary Kay Scarupa, U.S. Fish and Wildlife Sea Turtle Coordinator for Texas, said the public can help protect imperiled species like the Kemp's Ridley sea turtle by keeping an eye out and reporting all nesting sea turtles, their nests, and hatchlings from late March through September. She said they are asking beachgoers to drive slowly and carefully on beaches so they do not hit nesting turtles or emerging hatchlings. She said by working together, we can help ensure these species continue to find safe nesting conditions on the Texas coast now and into the future. The Kemp's Ridley sea turtle is the most critically endangered sea turtle in the world. It and the threatened loggerhead and green sea turtles can be found nesting on Texas beaches this time of year. To ensure the safety of sea turtles, biologists and volunteers will patrol Texas beaches from now through July and will work together to coordinate a response when a nesting sea turtle tracks or a nest is found. If you happen to see a nesting sea turtle on a Texas beach, please report it by calling 
turtle five. That is one eight six six turtle five. Fish and Wildlife asks that people who report nesting sea turtles stay at the site until a biologist arrives. If that's not possible, people are asked to carefully mark the site by laying pieces of beach debris, like wood, in a large circle around the nest area so that biologists can find it. If you find a sea turtle nest, please keep your distance and avoid disturbing the turtle and the nesting site. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. Cattle and cotton took a tumble on Wednesday, but the wheat market got a big boost higher. We'll check out all of the livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. Texas Farm Bureau has served farm families in rural Texas for nearly 90 years. We're pleased to offer new affordable health care coverage choices for all Texans through Texas Farm Bureau Health Plans. You do not need to be a member to inquire and apply. Plans are available anytime. There is no open enrollment period. Our United Healthcare Choice Plus network of providers is one of the largest available. For more information about the different plans, how to apply, or to get a quote for you, your family, or your small business, visit tfbhealth.com. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. Cattle futures seem to be in a free fall this week as we saw triple-digit losses across the board on Wednesday in both live and feeder cattle. Here's how we closed out the markets. June live cattle dropped $1.25, $161.65. The August down $1.40, $159.55, with October live cattle dropping $1.30 to close at $164 even. Bigger losses in feeder cattle, May feeders down $252, $203.42, August feeder cattle down $265, $223.52, with September feeders down $252 at $226.75. Cash-fed cattle market already happened this week. We saw some sales Tuesday at 172. That's a buck lower than last week. At this point, no new cash trade has developed. Boxed beef prices mixed on Wednesday. Choice up 34 cents, 307.58. Select down $1.17 at 287.49. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. And this fella is Seth Crane, Union Commission, Hundo Livestock, sells them on Monday. Seth, how'd he go? Ended up being pretty good sale. Uh, just a few under 300 there today. As far as the cow run, probably had somewhere around 60 head. Uh, Packer cows, uh, thought they were pretty well steady what we've been seeing. Uh, sell those cows anywhere from 51 up to a dollar on a really top cow. Most of those better cows got them bringing there from 93 up to 98. Packer bulls from 77 to a dollar 17. A handful of pretty good pairs from 1300 to 1640. Uh, most of those better pairs up around 1500. And bred cows from 900 up to 1450. Calf and deal thought it was better again today. You know, everybody's sure pushing one of these good calves, and some of these planter cattle bring bringing plenty of money as well. Your uh, two to three weight steers, 222 to 276, two to three weight heifer, $1.80 to 252, three to four weight steer, 210 to 225, uh, uh, I'm sorry, 275. Uh, three to four weight uh, heifer, $1.75 to 250. Your four to five weight steer, $1.90 up to $260. Four to five weight heifer, $165 to 220 
five to six weight steer dollar eighty two to two forty two five to six weight ever dollar sixty to two ten six to seven weight steer dollar seventy to two oh six six to seven weight ever dollar fifty two to two oh eight seven day weight steers bulls dollar fifty eight to one ninety four seven day weight effort dollar eighteen to one sixty eight market is just really really good almost everything it looks like so if anybody has anything to sell it's sure a good time to do it hopefully uh we'll see a little rain here pretty quick in the meantime our next sale is next week if we can help you reach us 830-741-8061 give me on my cell phone 210-288-3960 and for updates and information visit us on facebook or hundo live Maybe that's it for today's program. I'm Larry Marble, walking the pens, Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Thanks for listening to us on Texas Ag Today. Back over to the futures market now, where lean hogs took a drop today. May hogs down two cents, seventy-eight fifteen. The June contract dropped a dollar ninety-five at eighty-eight dollars even. Class three milk was higher. May milk up eleven cents, sixteen seventy-six a hundred. With June milk up 11, 1708, 100 weight. The cotton market feeling the pressure from the outside markets once again. Higher interest rates, lower stock market, and falling crude oil prices all weighed on the cotton trade. July cotton down 161 points, 7876. The October down 164 at 7951. December cotton dropped 145, closing at 7904. Corn market finishing higher, getting spillover support from the big jump in wheat. May corn up seven and a quarter, six forty-five and a quarter. July corn up eight and a half, five eighty-eight and a half. With new crop September corn up eleven, five thirty-one and three quarters. We finally got some excitement in the wheat market. Traders a bit nervous after Russia claimed on Wednesday that Ukraine tried to assassinate President Vladimir Putin in an overnight drone attack on the Kremlin. That definitely brought some buyers into the wheat complex. July hard wheat, Kansas City up four and three quarters at 785 a bushel. Soft wheat in Chicago up 30 and a half on the July contract to close at 639 and three quarters. In the energy markets, June natural gas down four cents at two sixteen. June West Texas crude dropped two ninety seven sixty eight sixty nine a barrel. The financial markets lower Wednesday afternoon. The Dow down two hundred thirty seven points thirty three thousand four forty six. The Nasdaq down thirty three at twelve thousand forty seven. The S and P down twenty one at four thousand ninety seven. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. My name is Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the U.S. of A., Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.